Today on The Open Word with Pastor David Landry. But the things which are not seen are eternal. And just as I showed you or spoke with you last week about, we can take a look around us. Anything and everything that we see right now, everything that we see right now is temporary. There's none of it that's going to last for eternity. It's all going to burn. It's going to be done away with. Paul understood that we can't begin to compare this old tent, this, this hunk of flesh, with our habitation, which is from heaven, what, what God is going to clothe us with when we leave this realm. Today, Pastor David reminds us of our eternal perspective as believers. The reality is that all people are guaranteed to die one day, and much of this life, our bodies are wearing down and wasting away. However, the scriptures tell us that our earthly bodies don't compare to the new bodies promised to us in eternity, when we will be fully in God's presence. Until then, God has made you for this time, in your place, and among those around you to share in His mission for this world. Now here's Pastor David with part one of today's message entitled, Tents on a Mission. there's a lot of people that I know that uh, enjoy camping, camping out. Now, I'm not, I'm not talking about the uh, RV, motorhome, take your entire house with you kind of camp out. That's not what I'm talking You know, the one that you come and you, you, you come in, you, you either plug it in or you fire it up and you turn on the microwave, you get the coffee pot going and bam, it's just like home, except maybe with a different view. That's not the kind of camping that I'm talking. I'm talking about the ones that really enjoy you know, getting out that old musty tent out of the storage shed or out of the uh, attic and bringing that thing open, you know, a four or a six-man tent, opening it up, sleeping bags, the whole nine yards, wood ashes in your coffee in the morning, wood ashes in your eggs in the morning, wood ashes along everything. There's actually people that really enjoy that kind of camping. It's the type of camping where the only thing between you and the, and the perils and, and danger of nature is this little thin piece of fabric. It might be canvas. It might be some poly blend of something. But you know what I mean. There's not much there. It's that kind of camping where if the wind blows too strong, the weather goes bad. Rain, hail, snow, tornado, uh, earthquake, whatever it might be. That, that tent's not going to do anything for you. And if it's raining and if it's cold, you might as well be sitting outside with a plastic bag wrapped around you for all the good that tent's going to do to you. Well, I just want to let you know, uh, Tot and I gave up camping a long time ago. Actually, it was a camp out that our church did a number of years ago. And I'm looking around the room, and I don't know if anybody's uh, lasted that long uh, from, from back then when we did that. I know that 
Dan and Glenna were there. I'm not sure if Robert and Bertha went on that camping trip. I know that they were here at that time. As a matter of fact, we gave up on all kinds of camping except Holiday Inn, Ramada Inn, La Quinta, a couple of others, a couple of other campgrounds that we really enjoy going to. For us, it all happened one night on a church campout up in Greer. I mean, it was a beautiful, beautiful time of the year. It was during the summer. Greer up in the White Mountains, great place to get away from the, the heat of the valley going up to Greer. So if you're new in this area, you want a place to get away. The problem is it's about three hours from here. Well, we were up there. It was, it was just absolutely a blast. We had probably 20 couples, a variety of different setups that everybody had. A lot of fun until nightfall, okay? Nightfall hit, and then all of a sudden we heard this pitter-patter of rain. We were in a tent, okay? Turned out that it wasn't just a pitter-patter. Turned out to be a rain of like biblical proportions. I mean, it started flowing, literally flowing down out of the sky. Suddenly, uh, while we were in our tent trying to sleep, but the noise of this thing and lightning and, and the rain and everything, suddenly we, we could feel water. We could feel water. There was water all over the floor of our tent. There was water on our sleeping bags, and our sleeping bags were actually up on cots. It was just coming right through. There was no rain repellent on the tent. I don't know who loaned us the tent, but apparently they didn't like us very much. But uh, we, we, we were there trying to survive the night, and just finally, until finally, as the wind was blowing, the tent was all wet, the entire tent collapsed on us. So everything that we had in the tent was absolutely soaking wet, all of our clothes, our sleeping bags, us, ourselves. And if it wasn't for the fact that Dan and Glenna Pacho had one of those bring your entire home with you motor homes right next to us, and they graciously invited a couple of wet rats to come in out of the storm, Tot and I would have driven home in the middle of the storm at 2 o'clock in the morning and left the rest of the church there to fend for themselves. We said, we're, we're out of here. You guys do whatever you want to do. No, we don't do camping anymore. Well, I, I bring all that to you. That's kind of how I relate to this when I read in 2 Corinthians chapter 5. How's that for the segue? Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, where Paul speaks about our body being a tent, a temporary dwelling. We're going to look at this and we're going to find out that Paul tells us not only are our bodies tents, temporary dwellings, but even in this temporary dwellings, uh, we are tents on a mission. Tents on a mission. That's what we're going to be looking at this evening. Look with me, if you would, 2 Corinthians chapter 5, beginning in verse 1. Paul writes, For we know that if our earthly house, this tent, is destroyed, we have a building from God. Uh, it's kind of like, okay, we got an RV right next to us that we can run to. I, I'm not sure if that's what he meant there, but we'll go on. We have a building from God, a house, not made with hands, eternal in the heavens. For in this we groan earnestly desiring to be clothed with our habitation, which is from heaven. If indeed having been clothed, we shall not be found naked. For we who are in this tent we groan, being burdened, not because we want to be unclothed, but further clothed, that mortality shall be swallowed up by life. Now he who has prepared us for this very thing is God, who has given us the Spirit as a guarantee. 
Uh, one of the first, one of the main things we need to understand here is we, we need to have this understanding as believers in Jesus Christ is what the words of a country western kind of gospel song put it together in words, but it's, it's a good understanding that we need to have. The words are, this world is not my home, I'm just a passing through. My treasures are laid up somewhere beyond the blue. The angels beckon me from heaven's open door, and I can't feel at home in this world anymore. No, that's not to be put on the worship list. That's just, again, just to remind you, this world is not our home. But right now, in these tents, we are tents on a mission. Paul understood this, this, this whole understanding, the, the temporariness of, of all that we see and all that we experience right now. He understood that just as he said back in chapter 4 when we looked at chapter 4 last week in verse 18, he speaks about the things that are seen are temporary, but the things which are not seen are eternal. And just as I showed you or spoke with you last week about We can take a look around us. Anything and everything that we see right now, everything that we see right now is temporary. There's none of it that's going to last for eternity. It's all going to burn. It's going to be done away with. Paul understood that we can't begin to compare this old tent, this this hunk of flesh, with our habitation, which is from heaven, what, what God is going to clothe us with. When we leave this realm, as as fearfully and as as wonderfully and amazingly made as we are, as, as God created us, he still created us in a temporary sense at this point in time. And it can't begin to compare with that great and glorious building from God that awaits us, that building which is from heaven, as Paul tells us here. This current body that you and I carry around, it's temporary by design. God meant for it to be temporary. And yet we try so hard, don't we, to make this thing as permanent as we can. I, I could go around the room and ask how many of you have replacement parts. You know, there's, there's big business in replacement parts, man. You know, new knees, new hips, new hearts, new all, all kinds of things. You know what? We're, we're eventually going to get a total replacement. We're going to actually trade this one in, okay? And we're going to get a whole brand new one. And that's what I'm looking for. Praise God, so far I don't have any replacement parts, and uh, I'm not looking forward to that, but I am looking forward to the time that I can trade this old carcass in, this old tent in, and get that heavenly dwelling. Temporary by design, it is mortal by the fault of sin, and it's destined to decay, actually, from birth. From birth. I don't care what your doctor tells you. You're dying, okay? You're dying. We all have, again, the diagnosis of death. None of us are living in this body forever. It was designed to live those 60, 70, 80, 90, 100 years, whatever it might be that God allows us to live, and then it's done away with. Again, we leave this earthly realm, we shed this temporary, but beloved, we gain eternal at that point in time. And just as Paul told the Corinthians in 1 Corinthians 
chapter 15, when we were going through there, 1 Corinthians 15, verse 53, he says, for this corruptible, and he's speaking about our fleshly bodies, this corruptible must put on incorruption. And this mortal, this human body that we have that's destined to die is going to put on immortality. In other words, once that happens, that will be forever and ever. I don't know about you, but I'm kind of glad this body isn't forever. Uh, I, I look at it probably more often than you do, and I'm glad this body is not forever, that God has a much, much better plan for us. Richard Pratt writes, he says, the Corinthians understood this so well that Paul didn't even argue the point for it. He assumed that they knew that the groaning of this life was a longing for glorified, resurrected bodies to be received on the day of Christ's return. The contrast here is not between physical and spiritual, but between present mortal physical bodies and future immortal physical bodies. Now, what do you mean physical, Pastor? We're not really getting a physical. I thought it was all spiritual. Do you know when Jesus had his glorified body? He could, you could still see him. He could still talk. He, he even ate. We read in the book of Revelation, again, uh, every food from the tree there going from the, the, the river of life was good for food. So how all that works, I, I want to tell you right now, I don't know what it looks like. And anybody who says they know what it looks like, they're speculating because we really do not know what it looks like. Oh, we get hints in the Scripture, both Old Testament and New, of what that realm looks like, but we don't know for certain all that's there. We do know this, that it then moves into eternal, immortal, and beloved, praise God, incorruptible. Amen? No more corruption at that point in time. The early church understood that when we die, we don't become some disembodied spirits floating around the, the universe. No, they, they understood that God would clothe them and us with another body, that incorruptible, that immortal body. And again, how that looks and, and all the effects of that can't even begin to tell you, other than I know that we're not like Hollywood might try to tell us or, or cartoons or stories might tell us, you know, that we're little uh, cherub angels floating around in the clouds playing, playing harps. I like harp music. That's okay. I like harp music. But that's not where we're going. Caden plays the harp. And, uh, he does a great job on it. But he's not preparing for there that way. No, that's not what we're going to be doing. But God has a purpose. But more than that purpose even there is the purpose that you and I have right now in this present tent. And you know what? This present tent is on a mission. God has given us a mission. With all of that in mind, and along with all else that the apostle speaks to the churches, we have to say, and, and that's not all. You know the old commercial of the, you know, you get this, this, and this, and then they come up and say, and that's not all? Well, the, that's not all on this, is that there is a promise. There is a guarantee that's been given to us. And don't you love guarantees? When you go and buy something, you want to guarantee that it's going to work. You want to guarantee that if it doesn't work, you, you can go back and get your money. Well, I'm not looking for a money-back guarantee here. That's not the type of guarantee. I, after all, I didn't put anything into this arrangement, did we? This is all God's work in our lives. 
And yet, even in that work in our lives, he still gives us a guarantee. He still guarantees, again, that he's going to do it. This is a guarantee about the fullness of the promise that he's made, and that promise becomes an observable fact long before it's even completed. And in the mind of God, it is completed. Do you understand? Our spiritual journey in the mind of God is already completed. That's one of the other reasons why I believe that when God saves us, he saves us to the uttermost. We are not destined with the, well, will I fall? Shall I fall? Can I lose my salvation? Will I lose my salvation? What, what sin is it that I would lose my salvation? How many sins does it take you know, to, to uh, again, outweigh the blood of Christ on me? There's so many mind games that we can go. But when we look at the heart and the mind of Christ, who gave us the Holy Spirit as a guarantee of his promise within our lives. Beloved, you need to understand the Holy Spirit was not given to us simply as a deposit. I'm going to give a deposit. If it works out, I want my money back. No, it's not a deposit. He gave the Holy Spirit to us as a guarantee that that which he has begun in us, he will complete it until that day. That again, he's begun that. He has begun that good work in us. He has called us to himself. Not a temporary deposit on hold for a week or two until he decides what he's going to do with us. No, he gave us the Holy Spirit. Absolute guarantee that he's going to keep his word. He's going to keep his promises made to us. And as Paul tells us here, God has prepared us for that very thing. Beloved, That ought to be all the confidence we need as believers to be able to read a word like that and understand that God has saved us to the uttermost and he has given us his Holy Spirit within our lives as a guarantee of his promise that's before us. If we have that, if we grasp that, that ought to be so solid, that ought to be so affirming and encouraging in our lives that it ought to impact our lives in such a positive and energetic way. God's Word and God's Spirit have been given as a guarantee. That's why Paul declares, so in verse 6, so we are always confident, always confident, knowing that while we're at home in the body, we're absent from the Lord. For we walk by faith and not by sight. We are confident, yes, well pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Paul says we, we, we fully understand that while we're here in, in this realm, carrying around this tent, we're not in the kind of presence with the Lord as is yet to be ours. Oh, we speak about the presence of the Lord in our lives. We speak about the fellowship that we have with him in the spirit. But beloved, just as the word tells us, then it's going to be face to face, face to face. My children and my grandchildren, they live east of us, Texas and Tennessee, and we've shared about that multiple times. And we can call them on the phone, we can email them, we can text them, we can FaceTime them, and everything. but how much different is it when we're face to face? You know that feeling, you know that difference, and that's what it is for you and I. To put it in Paul's language, while we're in Casa Grande, 
We're absent from our kids. Though we can communicate, though we can have relationship with them, it's not the same, though, as when we go there or they come here. And that's what Paul says. We walk by faith, not by sight, but we are confident, yes, well-pleased, rather to be absent from the body and to be present with the Lord. Paul knows that when this time frame ends for him as an individual, he's going to be in the presence of the Lord. He's going to be in his presence. He's going to experience that face-to-face relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. But for now, folks, for right now, we're still tense on a mission, okay? Always confident, though. Even as tense, we're always confident. Confident of at least two things as we look at this. So we are always confident knowing that this decaying body is only temporary. He says, man, we, we groan right now in this body. And, and I know some of us groan more first thing in the morning than others of us. We groan in a lot of ways. It's not just the, the physical disabilities or limitations that we have, but we groan in the fact that, man, we are so susceptible to the enemy's trickery and deceiving. We're so susceptible to the flesh crying out and pulling us and bringing us places that we want to go to and, and our thoughts. Paul says, man, the things I want to do, I don't do. The things I do don't want to do. That's the very thing that I end up doing. Man, who's going to save me from this mess? Right now, we are groaning. Why? Because we are susceptible to all of these earthly things, because we still have a tent that is corruptible. We still have a tent that is mortal. We groan in that. We are each going to come to that time, though, of trading this tent in and getting that brand new heavenly dwelling that is, again, prepared for us. A new body that can't even begin to be compared to this current decaying one. I mean, it's like it's like two Two totally different things. We can't even begin to compare the two. Secondly, we are confident knowing that at the very moment that we leave this present temporary dwelling, that we're going to be in the presence of Jesus. If you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior tonight, if you were to pass into eternity tonight, you would pass from this realm right into the presence of the Lord Jesus Christ. It really and truly is, according to God's word, right outside that door being eternity, we walk through that door, and though on this side of the door we can hear his word, though on this side of the door we can experience the the, the knowledge that he can give us, but once we walk through that door, his presence is there for us. Now, I don't say that for any of us to rush into that situation, okay? Because God has appointed our days. God has determined the hours that we have. And beloved, we are tense on a mission. Don't cut short the mission that God has for you. And all too often today, we find people cutting short that mission. I don't even know why I'm still here. I can't do this anymore. I can't do that anymore. Who knows, but maybe your life, the testimony of your life may be an encouragement to that next generation, even as you live your life into your later years, into troubling years, into years of of, of personal pain and, and even personal suffering. But the way that you handle your mission, the way that you live out your mission, can be a very strong testimony to those that are coming up behind you, beloved. Oh, 
That's all the time we have for today on The Open Word. We hope today's message has touched you. Pastor David Landry will continue teaching through the book of 2 Corinthians on the next edition of The Open Word. But right now, we'd like to share how you can hear more from Pastor David. Just visit TheOpenWord.com and click on Teachings to hear or download past messages. You can also get in contact with us with any questions you might have, or let us know how we can be praying for you on your faith journey. You can also connect with us on Facebook. We're thankful that you've listened to today's message, but want to make sure that this isn't your only source of spiritual nurturing. We encourage you to find a church family who will help you grow in your walk with God. If you live in or are visiting the Casa Grande area, Pastor David has an invitation just for you. Hey, thanks, Chris. I'd like to personally invite you to join us here at Calvary Chapel of Casa Grande for a time of worship, fellowship, and studying the Word of God. We meet Saturday nights at 6.30, Sundays at 9 and 11 a.m., and Wednesday evenings at 6.30. You can find our address and our directions by visiting theopenword.com and following the links at the bottom of the page to our church website. I look forward to meeting you in person and sharing this journey of faith with you. Thanks, Pastor David. That's all the time we have for today. But be sure to tune in next time for another edition of The Open Word.